Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's happening, Hawks fans? Welcome in episode two, season two here of the Portland Winter Hawks podcast. I'm your host, Andy Durr Johnson. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode one last week. It feels great to be back doing the podcast and have Winter Hawks hockey back in our lives. How about that win on Saturday night, huh? Home opener, great crowd, great environment. The fan fest was amazing. So cool to see all the pictures and the videos and the place was jumping. Portland out to a 3-0 and start this year. What a beginning after the slow start out of the gates last year. It's great to see them playing some good hockey here early in the season. We got a lot to get to on this week's episode. And coming up in a bit, we'll talk with Nick Merrick, as we always do, the play-by-play voice of the Portland Winterhawks. So that's coming up. Luca Cagnoni is going to be the first of our player spotlight features, and we're going to highlight him throughout the course of the season, a guy that is coming into his draft-eligible year. The rankings have him somewhere in the second round. I think there's a chance that he can play himself into being a first-round pick. But we'll talk with Luca Cagnoni, not only today on this episode, here on episode two, but all season long, and keep track of him and how his season's going, and how he's handling the expectations of NHL draft scouts and all that. I'm curious to ask him here in a couple of minutes if he pays attention to any of that noise. There's a lot of chatter around him, and it's been fun to see him play good here early on in the season. Uh, But before we get to anything else, let's chat with the head coach and general manager of the Portland Winterhawks, Mike Johnston. Coach, how are you today? Good, Andy. Thanks. It's good to see you. So let's start with you. What was the offseason like? Did you get to do anything fun, any good family trips, Anything? uh, any fun downtime for Mike Johnston? Actually, we did. We don't usually uh, get away that often, especially in the last couple of years with COVID and everything else and the restriction on travel. But we took a family vacation to the south of Italy, so it was kind of nice, and it was a good escape. And we followed uh, Stanley Tucci's uh, little uh, recommendations <laughs> on where to go and, and on the Amalfi Coast. So it was a really uh, wow. it was a neat time for our family to get over there and have that break, and that was just before the NHL draft, and then after the draft, things started to get busy uh, through right. the summer just in preparation for the year. You could jump right back into it. The food, live up to the hype, everything was, uh, all, all the food recommendations were good? It was great, yeah, and, <laughs> and I think uh, I'd highly recommend Italy at any time, but uh, the, we'd never been to the south on the Amalfi Coast before, and it was beautiful. It was really nice, and to stay in an Airbnb and kind of set up and Travel around from there was perfect. Oh, that's perfect. Well, now you're you're back into it, back into the heat of things. The season has begun. You, you mentioned, I mean, even just traveling post-COVID. I'm curious from your operational angle, does it feel like just in terms of scouting, in terms of the team, the day-in and day-out activities, that things are fully back to pre-COVID, the way you're operating? Yeah, and, and the, the group that travels the most in our organization besides the team is our scouts. Right. So our scouts are always out in community rinks. They're traveling to games. And so they're back uh, this summer on a full schedule. There was a lot of hockey being played this summer. And we're looking for this year at the 2008 age group. So they're trying to get a handle on those guys and make sure in the 2007s and 6s they didn't miss anybody. So uh, it's surprising how much hockey goes on in the summer, both at the provincial and state level where players are going to provincial and state camps. And you can see some of the top players together and double-check to make sure nobody was missed. And as you probably know, our organization takes a lot of pride in listing players. So that means those players that that went through the draft, nobody selected them, and then we picked them, uh, much like uh, a guy like you're going to talk to today, like Luca Cagnoni. Uh, he slipped through the draft. Surprisingly, our scouts took a look at him later and, and said, gee, you know, he looks like a player that could play for us, uh, our similar type of defenseman that we like. Uh, let's list them. And then we listed them, and, and obviously 
now he's a key player on our team. It's heading that direction, right? I mean, on that note, you talk about the difficulty in travel for scouts. How hard was that to evaluate talent for you last year, just even at the Bantam draft or international drafts where you're not getting the normal look that you would traditionally at a player? Well, you have online services now like Instat, which is really good for our organization to be able to watch players. And surprisingly, you can take a look at Bantam midget players. There's cameras in every rink now. Uh, there's people breaking down games of, of young kids. So it's a, it's a great service, and it was timely uh, during COVID when the travel was restricted. So we use that quite a bit. But there's nothing like being in the rink and watching the game, uh, not seeing uh, just a, a camera of a guy's shifts or things like that. You need to see... How does he play in the game? How does he impact the game? How does he act? How does he behave uh, when the score, maybe they're winning, maybe they're losing? Uh, just the, the different things that take place in a game, which a really good scout can pick up on, you don't do that when you're watching just strictly video. Right, the little intangibles that For don't sure. quite show up. And hearing you talk about 0708 kids, that makes me feel very old. Yeah. So we'll, we'll move on from that. Uh, I mean, you're out of the gate, a great start, 3-0. and I, last year was a slow start for you, and then things got going. I mean, how are, how are you feeling? A couple games into the season, we're still very young into it, but it seems like your team is, is picking up kind of where they left off at the end of the last year's regular season. Yeah, I like our start. It, it was an interesting start going to Canada and playing Kelowna and Kamloops. It doesn't usually happen for us that we would have a, a trip like that early. Usually we play in our own division, but it was nice. It was great for our guys to get on the road. I always feel early in the year, the more trips you get as a team, the easier it is for your team to bond. And certainly we have a lot of new players on our team this year, a lot of first-year guys. So we wanted to get on the road, and it was a great trip, and it's good to get the two wins. And then coming home for our home opener last week, I was really impressed. We had a great crowd. It was a nice day, the fan fest outside. So everything went, went together well, and we got a win out of it. But I'm still cautious like I was last year, even though we started slow last year. To say, uh, for me, it's 20 games. you got to okay. wait to 20 games. And after 20 games, you have a good idea of your division, your conference, and then kind of where your team is going to set up. What's your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Where do you have to improve? So the 20-game mark for me is always the one where I sit down and say, okay, this is where we're at. You need that much of a sample size sure. to be able to evaluate it. I mean, and on that note, too, where you – it's kind of a unique schedule early where you get that road trip, which you like because it builds some camaraderie. You then have a week off. Then you come home, you play one game, and now you got another week off, right? So you got a lot of extra ice time uh, during the week for practice. Do you like that to be able to, all right, we got some things on film we can work on, some strengths and weaknesses, and now we get extra time in between games that doesn't usually happen during the regular season? No, it doesn't. So you have to take advantage of it. So this week here, when we have a lot of practice days, quality practice days, we can do extra off-ice workouts. So we, our guys have the school in the morning. Then they can get a really good workout with Rich Campbell, our strength and conditioning coach. And then we've had an opportunity to break up practice a little bit so that we can practice, uh, get a flood, uh, come back out and practice again, and work on different things. So sometimes we might be working on skills, and then we'll come back and we'll work on more team play. So you can cover quite a bit off, but there's a long checklist of what we have to do uh, for individuals, for our team play, uh, to get in set and in order probably by Christmas time is right. when you like everything really at, at the top level yeah, for your team. Right, and, and, and that extra practice time helps a ton early in the year. Uh, you, you mentioned the newcomers, new faces. You want to build that camaraderie for fans that haven't had a chance to watch or get out. I mean, what are the names that are standing out to you, newcomers that you're getting to either coach or, or be hands-on for the first time that fans are going to get to watch throughout the course of the season? Well, last year we didn't keep any 16-year-olds, and that's been the first time since I've coached here that we haven't done that. And the reason was is because of the COVID year previous to that, that our 05 age group really didn't have a lot of games. So I felt it was important for all those guys to go back and play. So up front you have Sotis, uh, you have Zakreski, you have Johnson. All of those guys went back and played. Zakreski came in when we had injuries and played a little bit in our league last year. But all those guys went home. And then in the on the defense side of things, we had guys like Ravendahl and Southern that, that went home and played. And I, I thought for that core group, some of them probably could have been here full-time last year, but it was really important for them to go home, get confidence at, at their age level, and come back this year. And I've, I've been happy with the step they've taken. So all those guys are looking good. We have two 16-year-olds with us this year, and uh, Budazoni and Thompson. 
So we've got some young kids that we're grooming for the future. And I like, I like how those guys are starting to come along. So that, that's quite a core of guys that we've added to our team. And it's unusual. Usually you would have a couple 16-year-olds that are transitioning into their 17-year-old year, but we don't. All those guys right. are really rookie players. How, how tough is that balancing act for you of understanding maybe they could help your team in the short term, but for them best long term it is to get them more ice time and more games played? Of trying to, We want them here. We want them to play. We don't know if we're going to need them, but you want them to get as much ice time as possible. Yeah, it is. It, it's a case-by-case basis. You have to take a look at each player and – and basically how mature they are, uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a young guy. And are they ready to move away from home and go through right. this? So we would like to have two to three 16-year-olds every year because I think you can gain a lot by being here as a 16-year-old watching, training every day. It, you can take a big leap. And our players have in the past, but we've also had good success at determining which players need to go back and get another year before they come in and play for us. And we sent back three really good uh, 06 forwards this year that all are close and probably will play some games with us in Cairns, Darby, and Dick. Mm-hmm. All went home and they're playing, and I think they're going to be better for it next year, and they'll be good call-up players for us this year. Well, and, I, and Nick and I talked about last week on the first episode how there, there is an adjustment because, you're, I mean, this is an, a higher level of hockey where it's more of a 24-hour, there's, you know, a morning class, morning skate, practice, game, more games, road trips, that kind of stuff. Can you sense guys that are here for the first time struggling with that transition early on of just the amount of time that is required of them that maybe they're not seeing at a, at a lower level? I think it's amount of time, but I think it's just the, the circumstances are so different. They're, they're living away from home. They're living with a family. Not many kids at, at 16 have done that before or 17. Uh, certainly I didn't do it, and I don't know if I could have done it. But the, the other part of it is, as I talked to them yesterday, I talked, I met with all the young guys, and I talked to them about it's there, there's a transition to not playing as much, not getting any power play time or penalty kill time. You've never had that. Ever since you've been a young kid, you've probably been a top player. Right, best player and, on their yeah, team. Yeah, for sure, and you've played a ton. And all the way along, you're, you're the key guy. And all of a sudden, now you're taking a big step into the Western Hockey League, and now you play 10 minutes a night instead of 20 minutes a night. And now you may miss three or four shifts in a row. Uh, how do you handle that mentally? And, and we want to make sure we have really good uh, weekly conversations with those young guys as to how they're feeling because it's important that they know that it's not if you make a mistake where we're not going to play you if you make a mistake we'll play you it's just the way it is is you're not totally ready to play in the league and, and we're trying to work you in so that you keep your confidence rather than lose your confidence but it will be a unique year because you've never experienced this before where you're not a key player on the team. Well, and also not taking it as a, as a negative or a punishment, taking it as a, it's just a growing step, right, to get to yeah. that, that next point. And I know, you know, leadership is such an important thing on every team. And you got guys like Clay Hannes who had felt like he was here for a decade, right? I mean, he played so many games, such a good leader. Jaden DeRoe coming back. And I know that's just mentioning a few and you had more than that. How do you feel the leadership situation? I know you've waited to name captains, I believe, for the first couple of weeks. How has that void kind of been filled? And have you sensed that in the locker room? Well, we start our leadership process now with the 16, 17-year-olds. So we want them to have guys on our team that they look up to and, and provide a great example. So we always talk to our older players about make sure that you leave your legacy and your legacy is how you impacted the 16, 17-year-old kids so that when they become 19, 20-year-olds, how do they lead? How do they help the young guys? And so uh, we always take great pride in our organization and making sure that our older players set a, a phenomenal example for the young kids, both on the ice, off the ice, take care of them, bring them in the right way yeah. so that they can impact our season this year at 16, 17, but more importantly, so they can lead in the future. And we have some really good leaders. We haven't named our captains yet, probably because it's a tough choice. We have, we have a lot of good options there, and I think that our group will provide the right type of example for those young kids so they know what they need to do uh, as a Portland Winterhawk but also what they need to do if they want to be a championship organization. All right, lots of attention around the organization at the goaltender position last year. You obviously make the trade. First time, you know, first round selection, you take a goaltender there. Got a newcomer at that position this year. Giannuzzi's back. How do you, they both gotten a start early in the season. How do you see that shaping out? Do you have a one and two? Is it going to be a shared workload? How do you see that position playing out? 
Well, last year, uh, acquiring uh, Taylor Goche at Christmas, I thought would give us the best tandem down the stretch. So it was a, it was a tandem approach mm-hmm. that we needed. We felt we needed depth going into the playoffs. We had a good team, so we wanted to make sure we had depth at every position. So I felt we had two really good goaltenders. And then with drafting of Brunin, Luke Brunin last year, he, and he's a 16-year-old player this year, that we wanted to make sure that we drafted, uh, took a priority at drafting a goaltender early. But in our league, it's really tough for 16-year-old goaltenders. And I think that what we want to do this year is we brought in Jan Spooner as an 4 goaltender from the Czech Republic. He's played for their national team. Dante Giannuzzi is has taken steps every year to get better and better. And he's such a good kid and a quality leader on our team. Uh, so I'm not sure how the goaltending will play out. I'm not sure how any position will play out as far as who's going to play ahead of who. Uh, that'll be determined by the players as we move through the year. But I feel right now we've got some good depth in goal. And I also feel on our depth chart that we have good depth in goal. How hard is it this time of year for you to balance? I mean, not only you're, you're obviously coaching and game planning and week in and week out, what, what is the matchup, but also the bigger picture of what's the roster going to look like, who's coming back, which guys will stay in AHL or NHL camps. I, I think you're a little over what your normal defenseman load has been in years past. Just how hard is that juggling multiple things at the same time for you and waiting on news of certain players, will they or not be on the roster? Well, usually when we take a look at a signed player, if a player's drafted and then he gets signed by an NHL team and leaves at 20, you know that he's probably going to be in the American League for sure. So rarely will those guys get sent back. Jaden DeRoe came back last year, but he was unsigned. Yeah. He hadn't been signed by Tampa Bay until later in the year. Uh, Seth Jarvis, those types of situations, we've had three in the past. We've had Johansson, Niederreiter, Seth Jarvis all play at 19 years of age. Mm-hmm. And uh, those guys, you knew that there was a chance because they were all really good players, but rarely does a player stick at 19. So oftentimes you expect those guys to come back. So we had six guys away at camps this year, and then we knew that that, uh, Kozak, and obviously following him in training camp, he had a great camp. (laughs) Yeah, things are going well for him. Played really well in Buffalo. Uh, We knew that he he had taken a – big step last year with us and was close to being ready and Buffalo indicated they probably want to keep him. And then cross Hannes has had a good camp. So it's great for cross. So we love to see our players take that step and, and turn pro. Um, certainly as an organization, you always wish they could come back, but you want, our, our goal is to try and help players move on. And right. if we can have players turn pro, we had three 20 year olds, all three of them turned pro last year, go Durow and Hannes. And then we have a couple of our 19-year-olds turning pro this year. So that, that's great. It's great for our team. And it really inspires the guys in the dress room to to live up to what those guys did. And they're good examples because yeah. when they were 16, 17, they struggled to play. Right. They had their, their, their tough times. So it's good for our young guys to know that. And it's also good for older guys to say, hey, you know, uh, I'm close to those guys. I think I can make it too. You can follow that same path yeah. and, and, and that same workload. Um, last one for you, because I know you got you got a lot on your schedule, so I don't want to keep you too long. I mean, you mentioned extra practice time is great to have early in the year. You're off to the 3-0 and start. What are the, through three games, small sample size, what are the, the positives that are standing out to you that you really like that your team's doing? And what are the things that you're maybe circling and focal pointing of th- these are our weaknesses that we need to improve on? Well, I think when we look at our team early in the year, we try and look at individual development and we, we try and create a plan for each player as far as what they have to do. And we target roughly January, February. So we'd like to push these players to this level and, and it really is specific to each player. So we feel if we can improve each individual X amount by January, February, that's going to help our overall team. Certainly our team play early in the year, there's going to be some holes defensively, some holes in coverage. Our power play and penalty kill will probably go up and down like a wave. Some weeks it'll be good, some weeks it won't. But as we get more time to spend on on our team play and, and less time on skill and individual work, then that'll come in check too. Yeah. yeah, is it nice having Kyle back around? Yeah, it's great, and <laughs> yeah. Kyle, and it's actually good for Kyle. The experience he had last year was phenomenal. He got to be around uh, NHL players, and had to see it on a daily basis. And I remember when he went to Vancouver, he said, "I want to see what you and Travis talked about. The stories that you guys had, I want to see that for myself." And yeah. now he's 
He's lived it. He's, he, he was around those players. He worked with those guys. So I think our players in the room, they look up to, to Kyle now as a guy who's had that experience and can really impart some good knowledge on them. Yeah, more of that Portland to the pro path, you know, yeah, exactly. pathway that yeah. exists. There's yeah. no doubt. Well, Mike, I, you got a lot going on. Thanks for hopping on the podcast. It's always fun catching up with you. Sure, Andy, anytime. All right, Portland Winterhawks podcast rolling on here, continuing uh, with a player that we're going to follow all season long. He's kind enough to sit down with us, Luca Canyoni. Luca, uh, first off, how's it feel to be out of class? Are you in a good mood right now? Yeah, very good mood right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just talking. You're doing it's public speaking day in class right now? Yeah, it's so, a pretty fun class. We had uh, speeches last class, so we kind of have like a little bit of an off day. So we're just doing a little bit of kind like of assignments. prep prep work assignment yeah. and stuff now how does that work you get like a different topic you got to do a speech on every week like how does that play out uh yeah so last week we had like partner ones so we had to talk about like our partner so i did josh Morey. so that was kind of <laughs> easy for me but i think we're doing a new topic this week so okay you gotta we gotta come up with a new topic and talk about it uh, before we get into anything hockey related i want to start with something fun uh for fans to get to know you a little bit better uh over the summer or right now top musical artists you were listening to uh, who's number I, one on like your Spotify? I got into like Olivia Rodrigo a little bit this oh, this summer. Okay, because uh, Dante got me on it when he came down. <laughs> yeah, but uh, other than that, yeah, she's probably at the top of the okay, list. Okay, that's curveball. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I like it, keeping it on my on my toes. Favorite sh- recent TV show that you've watched? Uh, I watched Dated and Related on Netflix. That was pretty good. Yeah, all right. All right. Hopefully, there's a new season coming. <laughs> yeah, out. we're rooting for a new season. And what's your <laughs> most recent favorite movie? I haven't really watched any new ones, but I'll give you an old one. Like the new okay. Spider-Man that came out, that was pretty good. That, that was, was at the top of my list. Yeah. Yeah. Are you more of a TV show guy than movie guy? Yeah. 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 Probably better on bus rides, right? You get like 10 episodes, yeah. you can just stream right through all of them. Yeah, just download them. And then... Right through the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah. in Canada, right? Trying to keep yourself entertained. So, I mean, let's just start. How, how are you feeling this year? I mean, it seems like the numbers early jumping off the page. You're back for another. I mean, I know you played two years ago briefly, but last year kind of get your feet wet. Now you're taking a new step. How are you feeling three games into the season? Yeah, obviously it's been uh, pretty good. Like I had a pretty uh, hot start to the season yeah. with the the team. We went three and zero, so that's always a good start. And I'm not really too worried about my point production right now. I'm just kind of focusing on just playing the right way. So it's been really fun. Obviously, a great group of guys here, great coaching staff. So yeah, I can't ask for more. I mean, off to a good start. I, I know your name is showing up on all sorts of lists and evaluations and. Is that something that you follow closely? Do you pay attention? You tune it out? Like, how do you handle when people are saying, oh, this guy's going to be a second round pick or a first round pick? Do you pay attention to that kind of stuff? Uh, no, not really. I try to stay away from it because I know like it kind of goes to like your mental side sometimes. So I try to stay away from it as much as I can. And, I kind of leave that stuff to, like, my agent and stuff like that. <laughs> you handle those phone yeah. calls. I don't want to pay attention to that. I love that. Uh, you mentioned that you're not paying attention to the point production. Is that – is scoring more, you know, the offensive side of your game, was that a focal point for you coming into the season of just the role being maybe a little bit different this year, getting some more power play minutes, that kind of stuff? Was that a focal point for you of being more of an impact player on the offensive side? Yeah, obviously, like, even last year, I felt like I was still more of, like, on the offensive side, and I want to, like, take that to, like, the next level this year, but yeah. also, like, my defensive side of the game, like, I want to keep that, like, really solid. So I was working both sides a lot this summer, but obviously, like, like number one power play this year, so I gotta like make sure that like I'm on top of my game there. So I was right. working a lot of that this summer too. How does that work for you? I mean, you go into the off season, and we don't need to talk about the way last season ended. I know that was tough for you guys, and it's kind of a, a motivating factor for you going into this year. When you're leaving, heading out of town, d- does Mike give you, you know, Rich give you like a bullet point? This is what you need to do. Is it kind of a back and forth conversation? How does your off season plan kind of come about? Yeah, so we have like our uh, our exit meetings at the end of the year, and then he he'll kind of give you some feedback. He'll send in an email of uh, what we talked about, and honestly, a lot of it is is up to like you and like how hard you have to work. Right. And obviously, like the staple of being a winter hawk is you're gonna work hard every day. You go to the rink, and we kind of get like put on that right away, which is which is awesome by the coaching staff. Kind of keeps you intact. So kind of just follow that throughout summer, and then obviously. You'll have like your trainer at home, and they're always on top of you. Same with same <laughs> yeah. with your coaches. So yeah, you're always getting phone calls and text yeah. messages. Make sure you're doing this or keeping yeah. an eye on you. That kind of stuff. Uh, what what is uh, you know out, outside of you know making sure you're you're level headed of both offensive and defensive side? Is there any like leadership stuff that you work on? Like how is that part of your game coming along? You think? Yeah, obviously, like 
third kind of third year now in yep. the league. So obviously, like the young guys that are coming in, we make sure that they're they feel welcomed when they come in the room. So obviously, like that was us getting into the room. They had like Nick Chichek, like he was really yeah. welcoming, like Jonas Braunberg, like for the defensive side, like they're really good to us. So we just want to make sure that like when people come into our organization, that we welcome them so they they can like talk and there's no pressure on them or they don't feel like unwelcomed. Yeah. So that's kind of like the leadership side of it. And then obviously like I wouldn't say that I'm the loudest guy in the room. So I kind of like, like to lead by example. So that's kind of like my, my mojo there. <laughs> Who is the loudest guy in the locker room? I would honestly have to say Kyle Chazowski. Like he is he okay. He's got a good character to him and he's, he's super funny. So, yeah. <laughs> so is he more like the, the yellow raw raw guy or is he more like class clown comedian, keeping the mood light kind of guy? I'd say both. Like yeah. when when we're obviously when we have a game day or like we're in the changing room after the intermission, like he makes sure is that we're like we're all intact and stuff like that. Same with Robbie and Curtis. Like mm-hmm. we all like make sure that like we're getting those points down. Like, what do we need to work on or how the period was? And then he's got like his classic side to him too, which is <laughs> super funny. Now, I gotta ask. I've always been curious. I love asking you guys about this favorite place. And I know the schedule's a little different, so you, have, you don't have to see him as much this year. Favorite place to play in the U.S. division, and your least favorite place to play in the U.S. division. It's gonna be a bit of a weird one to hear, but I like playing in Seattle. Like when they when they chant like Portland sucks, like it kind of like just like fires me up a little bit, yeah. and it's just kind of gets you ready for the game. So it's 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 like sucks to hear, but it's uh it's kind of like a nice. It's gotta be nice to shut them up when you go yeah. in there. Champ Portland sucks, and you guys come out with a win. Yeah, and then the worst place, just because of the the travel, I'm gonna have to say Prince. Oh, I guess not in the U.S. Yeah, but, U.S. Div- yeah, yeah. But Prince George in general is the yeah. worst place to go. But in the U.S., uh, I'd have to say probably Tri-City. It's yeah. a smaller town. Like, it's a super nice town, but they don't get, like, that many fans and stuff. So I'd, I'd have to say that. But still, nice rink. Yeah, not stuff. quite the same atmosphere when you're going yeah. to certain places like Seattle maybe or, or, or Everett. What was the vibe like on Saturday night? I mean, home opener, I'm seeing pictures of you guys, like, walking down a red carpet, yeah. high-fiving people. Like, what was that like and what was the crowd like to see everybody kind of come back to the barn and support your first home game? Yeah, right off the bat, like, we got escorted to the Fan Fest, and that was really cool just to see, like, all, like, the cheerleaders were there and, like, a bunch of young and and just normal fans there. Yeah. So that was obviously great to see, and then that kind of got us, like, motivated for the game, kind of got us, like, stay woke, and then <laughs> and then it was super electric in the, yep. like, right off the bat, like, they're yelling your name and stuff like that, and everyone's, like, yelling, and right off the first goal off James's goal, like, it was it was pretty loud, so it was it was great to you see. You could tell that, that, that impact was in the environment was great. I, I've always wondered, I haven't asked any of you guys this, how many suits do you own? Uh, I have, I only had two last year, but I kind of stepped up my game this year. So yeah, I you three, can't keep yeah. rotating the yeah. same two, man. You got to, because those pictures are all, all over social media yeah. when you're walking into the arena. You can't, you know, you got to change it up a little bit. Yeah, I know, but I, I got my superstition. So if I have a good uh, game, I'll stick to the same suit. But okay. I, what about the tie? To... Same tie, too? No, I mix it up. I mix it up, yeah. It's a good way to make it look like you're wearing a new outfit. You're changing out the tie, and it looks a a little bit different. Now, I know last year Clay Hannes told me that he was the guy in charge of the locker room music, and he was the the DJ, a lot of, you know, classic rock, ACDC. Who's in charge of the music, and what are the vibes like early this year? Uh, Robbie kind of handled it in preseason and stuff. I hear a little bit of uh, Chazowski, some Stefan since he came back. So those are kind of like our three guys right now. They kind of control the whatever's yeah. on the playlist. But I would say it's mostly Robbie. Yeah. yeah. And what's he bumping? Is it as the tone, like the tunes changed, or is it the same kind of vibe from last year? Every day's a, a new new topic, <laughs> I would say. It's like okay. when we're working out, like it'll be pretty like upbeat and then – we're getting ready for games, upbeat. But like, if we're having like a practice on a Monday, we don't play till Saturday. It's like you know, a little smooth, relaxed. a little more relaxing. Yeah, kinda, yeah. All right, I like that. You got to keep the vibes right. Now, what's the schedule been like for you as a player? I was just talking to Mike about this, but where you guys have two games right off the bat, and then you got a week off game, week off. Do you like that kind of schedule? Do you wish there were more games mixed in and not as much practice time? What's the schedule like been for you know early in the year? Uh, it's been all right. Like, obviously, you want to play games like right off the bat because it kind of gets you like you just dip your foot in the sea a little bit, yeah. you know? But, you know, all these weeks of practices are going to come, like, huge, like, down the season. So, obviously, it's really good just to get, like, these full weeks of, of practice and making sure that, like, we're super, like, sharp in practice, like we're snapping the puck around. So, and I'm sure Mike said that too, right? Yeah. Like, it, these weeks are really 
big for us right now. Yeah, they can pay dividends team. later on down, yeah. down the year. Uh, yeah, I, I know that you mentioned you don't like to talk about it and you don't want to pay attention to it. Did you hear anything from scouts from last year of like, hey, you work on X, Y, or Z. These are the points of your game that you should evaluate or, or try and strengthen. Did you hear anything like that after last year? Uh, yeah, like obviously my agent's more in to- like in contact with them, so uh, I hear like a little bit from him. So obviously, like my uh, physical side of the game, I I would say that was like a big thing to work on, and then still just like my defensive side, I would say like boxing out and like closing in corners. So, but I think like my physical side has has came a bit more along this year. So it just I'm, comes with age, right? You're just bigger. That's yeah. part of it, right? <laughs> so I'm pretty happy about that. You can lay the body a little bit easier yeah. now that you're a little bit bigger and I have a little more size. Are you a fighter? Do you ever get in fights? Not much. No, no. really? Okay. No. <laughs> no, not not the fight. Who's the fighter? Who's the best fighter on the team? Probably Curtis. He's Curtis, yeah. yeah. He's pretty nailed. He's the guy so. you want to kind of try to avoid or yeah. you're getting into something, you're looking around to see if he's on the ice to come to come help you out. Now you guys got new uniforms this year. You like them? I do. I really like them. The yeah. whites are popping, I would say, but the yeah. blacks are probably like one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm. Okay. I'm kind of excited to see the red ones, but I don't know how the how the, the squall gray will look on. It's going to be an interesting look. I was yeah. taking it. I, I was seeing some of the pictures. I'm like, these are badass. This could just going to take a while to kind of adjust, right? I mean, it's a yeah. new look. You guys got a new logo last year, so it's kind of a, a couple of years in a row of change. I can't wait to see uh, the red ones too. What are you noticing three games into the season that you think the team's doing really well, and what are the things that you think you guys need to be working on a little bit? One thing I think that we're doing a pretty good job of like we're not giving up like we were playing like a like it's a playoff game every game yeah and I think that's really big like especially early on like we have young guys in the roster and like we're I think the vets are giving a good example of like okay we got scored on one shift but like the game we still have 40 more minutes right like you can't just like throw the towel and like it's like always every shift like you want to like either score like get a hit or like block a shot you know like you have to have like something like a goal I think we're doing a really good job that like the Kelowna game, we were down, I think, 5-3 or yeah. something. And we yeah. came back and they won an OT. Like, that's a that's a playoff win to us, right? So that's really big early on. How was that, too, to, like, I mean, you're trying to emphasize that with younger guys and then to see it in action where you actually continue to fight and you come back. Yeah. Does that kind of help solidify that message of you're never out of a game, especially with the firepower you guys know you have offensively. Of yeah. No matter what the score is, you feel like you're always in the game. Yeah, it's, it's good to show the young kids, especially, like, early on that, like it's never over. Yeah. So and especially having like a pretty like heavy offensive team this year, like we can score with a minute left or thirty seconds. <laughs> right. Like Gabe scored with like a second left in the other game. <laughs> right. So kind of just shows them like you know it's, you're never really out. What's so. the over under on the number of goals that Gabe's going to score this year? Have we set a number <laughs> in the locker room yet? I would say over forty. For over forty. Sure. Okay. Like the way he's going. What's uh, the pace at right now? What are we on? Like two hundred and eighty-four. Like what are we? What are we trending towards here? I think it's around <laughs> like one eighty for sure. Yeah. It's a crazy That's, stat. That'd be a pretty good year, I'd say. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe break a, a league record. or yeah. something. Uh, for those who don't know, I, I, last one for you, man. I just know we were talking with Mike too about this. Where guys, you play that first full year in the dub, and it's a, it's a. It's a challenge, right? I imagine where you're going from a lower level, and now it's you know you got class, you got workouts, you got game, you got longer bus trips. What what is a a, a day in the life of Luca Cagnoni like? I mean, just set, you're waking up. What time's the alarm go off? What time you going to bed? Whether it's a game or practice day, just walk me through how long of a 18 hour day is that for you? So I'll, I'll give you a, a practice day real okay. quick. So I usually wake up at around eight. Get some breakfast in, then there's always traffic in the city. So always, like I got at least plan at least half an hour of driving. <laughs> okay, when it's a twenty minute drive usually, but so then I'm at the rank at around nine o'clock. We'll do like our recovery tests, so that like just tells you like if you're recovering or not in a good way. So what? How do they do that? Do they like stretch you out? Or do you get wear one oh, of those like? We have a heart rate monitor right oh. on our chest, so then it'll give you like. Uh, amount of beats per minute you want to be in nice and low and then so like today I was like a 99% recovery my legs aren't feeling that but you know it's it's telling me that that's good but uh then we'll have class like I just got pulled out which is really nice and then (laughs) we'll usually work out right now yeah have a little little uh workout in the gym then bike some video probably then eat some lunch and around that time and then we'll hop on the ice at around 130 115 okay I mean, obviously, like, some days range. So, like, a Monday, like, a little bit longer practice because it's just the beginning of the week. But I'm sure, like, moving on Wednesday to Friday, it'll get a little bit lower. So, we'll probably get home at around 345. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's your normal practice day. 
Some days I like to go golf and play nine there at, you the, go. at the okay. reserve. So get a couple of guys <laughs> to go there. But what's your be, handicap? Oh, I don't even know. I not don't, good. No. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm yeah. not. I wouldn't say I'm not good. Like Gaber's really good. He's like almost a scratch golfer. Wow. Yeah, he's really good. There's some pretty <laughs> good golfers on this team, but and then. Some days I nap because yeah. I'm pretty tired. I'd imagine, man. Yeah, you're coming in, getting a workout in, you're getting a practice in, and you got to go to school. I, hell, school's enough to get me to want to take yeah. a nap. Sitting through an hour class, I want to go to sleep after that. Yeah, it <laughs> kind of gets you started for the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to a good mental note. Well, hey, we're, you're going to be joining us throughout the season, I think, every couple episodes. So, yeah. first off, thanks for doing this, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be great to track you uh, all season long. And until we catch up again, best of luck the next couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you, thank you. All right, closing up episode two of the Portland Winterhawks podcast as always with my good buddy Nick Merrick the voice of the Winterhawks uh Nick what was Saturday like man it looked awesome I didn't get the chance to be there but the crowd looked amazing the fan fest was great walk me through what it was like Saturday it was really good it was really good it was a great crowd over 5,000 here the energy Ooh. was really high fan fest was was a blast outside uh people just we just enjoyed themselves right like you come into the game, you get those jitters for home openers, and you saw what it was like in, in Kamloops. Then you saw what it was like in Kelowna, and you're thinking, oh, we're a week away from seeing this in Portland. And then it happened here at the VMC, and it was, it was as good as it could have been. Um, you know, Obviously, the, t- the team winning always helps, too. That helps, man. I, I know it's nice when, when you go uh, in a winning way, um, but just kind of having that feel back of everyone excited for Winterhawks hockey again and just getting the you know getting the band back together you get the fans you know to kind of engage the team again and you know some of the staff members and us we get to reconnect with the players too so it's just a really happy time of year uh to kind of come back into the fall and get ready for the season but I guess we're a little lucky, too, that it's a nice early start to the season where it's not a big load. It's just kind of a couple games on the weekends here and there. I think we have a three and four coming up this week, but yeah. when, once you kind of get into November, you're, you're starting to feel it with four games in a week, it seems like. So it's <laughs> right. nice to be very subtly pushed into it. I'm sure the fans probably feel the same way to an extent, but they're probably also like, oh, let's keep the winning going. The team's doing well. Like, keep it, keep the momentum. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be great to see how this month shapes out, and I can't wait to get the, uh, you know, just – just more great crowds like that. It's Saturday. so funny, too, because I feel like every team would love to have this kind of schedule in February. Yes. It's like, where the hell is this yes. at the end of the season? Man? 100%. Like, why can't I get a week off when my guys are sore? From the broadcasting standpoint, too, I can speak yes. on that one. Like, you, you get – you're so spoiled now in October that I'm trying to enjoy it. Like, what, what do you mean we don't have a Friday game for three straight <laughs> weekends? Like, this is unheard of in the league. Right. Because we're always playing Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. So then you're thinking, like, well, what do I do on my Friday night? I guess I'll just go home and, like, try to chill and do some prep and, like, I don't know, have a – you know, try to do a normal – non-office job for, <laughs> right, right. like, what do you people do in the fall? Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'll go pumpkin picking early. So, like, those questions kind of come up. Uh, but then you look, and in, in November, it's it's chaos. Like, you're you're in different cities every day, it seems like. Then you get to your January trip, which is great to have back. Always love that trip. It's a little, it is a little long, though. You start feeling yeah. towards the end because you're gone for a good 12 to 13 days. Uh, but the team's going to the East, you know, the East Division for the first time, or East Conference for the first time since 2020. That's great. So that'll be really good to have that back. Uh, and then there's another big haul in, in February, I think probably like a 10 to 12-day road trip. So you look at those road trips ahead, and you think, okay, just enjoy the moment, enjoy the moment, enjoy the moment. <laughs> <laughs> night off, night off. Appreciate yes. it, appreciate yes, it. Yes, yes. How, how, uh, how many suits do you got to pack for a 14-day trip? You, you know do what? laundry on a 14-day no. trip? No. Uh, I mean, you could. I, I can get a laundry loop with uh, yeah. with Clay, which is actually really funny. I, I feel like that's not talked about too much. But the players, you know, the players have their laundry loop. So when they get their workout gear and stuff, and their their long johns and and their socks and whatnot, they have they kind of put that in there. It's all numbered out for them. So yeah. like Luca would have seventy three. They just throw it in there. Then Clayton knows. Okay, hang it back up and install afterwards. I could do the same thing because they always offer it, but I'm not you know always there. So you're trying to pack about. 10 socks just to kind of get you through <laughs> knowing that you're going to have to do it at some point probably. So you can either find like a hotel laundromat, um, you know, when, when you're kind of at a hotel for two or three days, the tough parts, the suits, cause that's when you, you, you feel a little weird, but you try to like reuse your same shirts twice. I mean, you got to, so right? if you got six games, you're trying to think like, okay, I'll bring four shirts and just hope they don't stain one out early in the trip. <laughs> no ketchup spills no, early on, please. No. But always, I always bring two suits for that, and then usually an extra, um, you know, extra pair of slacks. Yeah. At least you got three kind of pants to operate with for a little bit in case you have any issues. But it's hard. Like you, you, you feel like I gotta, I gotta pack light because literally, I'm not kidding. You have to pack in a basically a backpack. 
everything for the two weeks. So it's right, almost you got to take all the equipment. You're taking everything correct. with you, and there's no space, right? Like you can't have everybody bring a bring on a full like you're going on an air, airport. Like this is an airplane travel, so you're bringing your overnight bag and just basically sitting by your feet, or you're tucking in the overhead. Uh, so for me, I you know I already have my my radio gear and all that underneath the bus, which is great. Right. But I got a backpack that I'm doing work on the bus by my feet, so I got to tuck everything I can in the overhead. So it's always funny, and I'm uh, you know my my wife will be the first to say, and I'll be the first to say it too. I am the world's worst packer. I go away for a five day trip. I'm packing like a you know, or extend a weekend. I have like a 35, 40 pound bag and I'm like, what am I pa- what am I packing? <laughs> what am I moving? I'm gone for four days and I have seven shirts. Like Hey, you never know. You never know. You never know. But then but then when you're on the team at least well the good the difference is there. Like usually when you're going on vacation you're bringing like, oh I want flip flops for you know I might be going to the beach sure. or I shoes want to have for shoes for walking. Yeah, I want to have yeah. nice dress up shoes to go out with. Like this one's like okay I'm bringing my dress shoes and uh that's it. That's all I got like, I, otherwise I'm in the hotel and I'll just go with my socks. <laughs> right, walk around barefoot in the hotel. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. These are little nuances that I think people who haven't traveled or played on a hockey team, like you don't you don't understand that, right, of just what goes into it from a packing standpoint and For then entertaining sure. yourself too because that's a long – I mean, when you're back on that, that eastern yes. swing, man, that's a long time to be away on the bus. I, I will throw it too because I, I, it's nice to kind of get these r- random stories for the fans. Uh, obviously, you got the great detail with Mike and Luca a minute ago, but um, just from going on the bus trips, the players always bring their overnight bags on the bus – which makes things a little bit more hectic too, because the obviously the big hockey bags underneath sure. that, that gets packed under there. But you'd be surprised; you're limited at space when you think about. It. You're bringing, let's say, twenty eight bags because you usually have an extra bag for just equipment. You got the twenty three players once the season's going. You got the coaches that need their bags under there, but then you got to bring your whole overnight stuff, and they got to bring their suit bags on. So things there's a little hanging area in the back of the bus, but it gets a little hectic because now everyone's trying to tuck things above, and and there's things in the walkway. So it's always a it's a fiasco when you have to use the restroom on a trip and you come back from an eight hour you know eight hour drive from Kelowna, let's say, right. and you're thinking, oh, I hope we get to the border in time because I'll use that restroom when I get there. Otherwise, you're literally you know, uh, it's like a jungle gym where you're trying to walk over bags and people sleeping, and it's it's like a uh, American Ninja Warrior type right, of event to right. do it. But it's it's funny to see how everyone packs for those trips too. Um, and then you get a rare chance, which obviously earlier in the season, coaches are trying to make some moves. So you know, sometimes players end up bringing a, a full on luggage because they literally brought their entire stuff here for the season. But then it becomes, hey. You, you're almost there. We just want you to get more game time. We know you're going to play more at the under-18 level than you will for us. I'd rather have you see 50 games compared to 25. Sure. It's going to help you in your development. We want you next year. We want you strong. You know, so then all of a sudden now you're bringing a big suitcase on too. So it's it's interesting when you see those moments happen, and it's different when you're still in the bus life here in juniors. Uh, I'm sure it'll be different for these guys when they turn pro. I don't even have any any taste on that besides just stories of what you hear from you know from some people. I'm sure I could bug Kyle on it too a little bit. From, yeah, yeah. From what it's like in the NHL, but I'm sure it's much the same. Like you pretty much pack little overnights and and you rock with it. So it's funny to see that you got to do the laundry along the way, man. Yes. There's only so much room. Yes. You can't pack for a long of a road trip, and that's kind of rare too. But you don't often get that. I feel like. Like in pro sports where you're on the road for two straight weeks, right? Correct. Like rarely do you get multiple of those or that long of a road trip throughout the course of a season. You might have a five-game road trip or something where it's over in nine days and you're back. Yes. Let yes. alone a, you know, a, a two-week-plus trip. That's not easy to handle for anybody. No, it's not. Packing-wise. What did you see from the team on Saturday that stood out to you? I mean, I know we talked about the hot start on the road in, in the first episode. They bounced back. It seemed like a back-and-forth game, kind of, and then they finally pulled away in the third. What stood out to you on Saturday I thought it was night? a good start. I think the team just came out hot and ready. I think they knew the crowd was going to be good, so they wanted to kind of perform early for them, and I think they executed that really well. Yeah. Um, and you're right, the third period was great. They needed to pull away because it, you know, it was tight going into the third, and uh, I think they took almost 20 shots in that period alone. Like They, they heavily outshot Tri-City, so it was kind of that war of attrition where Tri-City hung around, and I think Portland was a little surprised by that uh, to an extent. Just you know, kind of thinking like, oh, we're supposed to be a little bit more efficient offensively, so let's get things going. And then all of a sudden, it re- really turned on for the second half of that game. Um, reaction from the team, great. Love seeing Jan Spoonar get his debut. Um, love seeing those, you know, those younger players kind of feel comfortable as the game progressed. Yeah. I don't feel like there was many jitters. I'm sure there were, right? But visually, you don't, you, you didn't see them, and I was kind of impressed by that. I thought that was a really, uh, you know, a telltale sign of kind of what Luca was talking about of everyone getting dialed in early and and knowing how to communicate with one another and and making everyone feel welcome. But you know, it's also one game, so I think the team knew that. 
you just have to focus on the Saturday game. You have no road trips. You got no no Friday or Sunday games, no midweek games. You just focus on that one, and all eyes are on that one game, so you aren't overlooking anyone. Um, and I think that obviously is going to help too for teams, especially in a home opening weekend. Uh, but but now things pick up, and you got a home game against an opponent you haven't seen in three years. You're on the road for an interesting travel right after the game. You get in really, really late slash early on Monday morning, late Sunday night from that Spokane trip, and then you're seeing another team that's, I know they're having a little bit of a down start because last year was their year. Edmonton was the WHL champions, but now you're facing a team that won the championship a year ago. They've had players in that roster that have gone all the way and know what it's like, so it's a different kind of game this week compared to what we saw in the first two weeks where, yeah, you get a nice week off to kind of prepare, but then all of a sudden now how is the hockey bodies going to do when you're playing three games in four nights and it's going to be a good test for some of those young guys. Yeah, it's great to have a week off, but that's not going to be the case as we highlight Correct. all season. You got to start getting used Correct. to that that workload and and all that. I, you know, we're going to be a, a week off and then back on the podcast. So you kind of highlighted there the upcoming schedule. What are the kind of landmarks and benchmarks that you're looking at from at least a home standpoint for fans that they should keep an eye on and file away? Well, for this weekend, uh, a couple things actually going on, on Saturday. It's the first ever uh, Oregon Zoo night. Uh, we're partnering with the Oregon Zoo to uh, kind of raise some awareness with them and, and help their charitable organization and, and foundation side of things. They're going to have a good presence at the game so fans can see them in the concourse. Are we talking um, like animals on the concourse? Are I we going to have animals? No I animals. Wish. Okay. That, that was try- a, penguin, giraffe a penguin skates. sliding. That's right? what I want. Yeah, a giraffe man. on skates, Come a on. penguin yeah. sliding <laughs> it on the ice. Like, <laughs> I mean, this marketing goals. Yes. Like, that's what we were pitching. What are we doing here, Oregon Zoo? <laughs> Come on, step your game up. Sadly, I think for the um, uh, the health and safety of the animals, they Not probably couldn't idea. do that. Understandable, right? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we saw that, uh, at least I did, I saw that viral video circulating last summer of the deer that somehow got in the VMC. Yes. Did you see that one, too? I did see that. It was wild. It went over, like, it went on the Instagram reel, and I think it was a TikTok thing on the Motor Center. It was something wild. And <laughs> I don't I don't even know what happened. Like, that was one thing that we didn't know as a staff. I think we saw it for the first time on social, too, because it was after hours when they were doing a conversion of the team just left, so I was on the road on the bus somewhere, and they were probably switching up for a concert. And How all of a sudden, does that happen? What door is open? <laughs> Where is he coming from? I don't know. So many questions out of that. I don't know. <laughs> but Oregon Zoo Night will be great. Um, sadly, no animals there. But there will be some plushed animals. Ah. One time only. This is really cool. There's a great collab with with us and the Oregon Zoo. Um, there's going to be a special stuffed animal at the team store. One night only for purchase. Also, stick around for the three stars because the three stars of the game will be throwing them on. Ah. Let's hope they're three Hawks, right? Okay. So they got to yep. play well in this game. And, yep. and Medicine Hat's uh, you know, kind of dangerous. They had some good young players, but that'll be a blast. Also, a uh, very hilarious segue here considering we just pulled our last guest from class. To also, Teacher Appreciation Night. Hey, hey. you got to appreciate the T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you can ex- especially appreciate them for giving us time here to get this insight with Luca. Yeah. Um, but just a tremendous job that, that – the teachers for the Winterhawks and at Sunset, the college professors, teachers in Oregon in general for everything they've had to go through, especially in this past uh, you know two years. So it'll be great to have some great guests out for the game as well. Um, you'll see them a little bit in terms of uh, you know during the pregame and postgame festivities and whatnot, but during the course of the actual game event, you'll see the teachers and and uh, they'll get introduced. But um, obviously, they'll they'll be enjoying the game as well with their families, hopefully getting away from their classes exactly and in their own right. Um, so that's what's kind of coming up. For this weekend, then you look ahead and, and uh, you know, you get a Kamloops Blazers team in town next weekend, which is going to be always good. Um, a good Hoktoberfest, that's right on the horizon. So that's some free right. beer, and, beer and cider sampling is always good in the concourse. So section uh, or entry MM here in the VMC for, for those interested. And maybe the coolest part about that one, the Winterhawks will be debuting their new beverage their new alcoholic beverage with backwoods brewing so you gotta give that one a taste um i you know i think this is a fair place to break this news for the fans that are dedicated and tuning in after about an hour of listening uh light the lamp ipa light the lamp ipa IPA. love the name official winter hawks beer thanks to our friends at backwoods brewing so uh you could check that out at that game uh it'll be available (laughs) for tasting it'll be at the to-go areas so um, come enjoy that and just have some fun with the Hawks all night. I love that. That's a great name to, you know, hey, hey you're talking to a buddy or something. Hey, you want to go light the lamp? Like, 100%. Yeah, right, yeah. All right, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll absolutely. light the lamp, yeah. Well, it's good, right? It's a good visual. It's a good, like, rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Um, 
What a great name for really a beer. Good. Really good. All right, well, good. now I know I got a beer. I, gotta, <laughs> I mean, you're telling me Light the Lamp beer is going to be here. I'm in town, baby. I think there's going to be some post-game beverages in the offices, too, after those games. You, know, you, you get a nice locker room beer. Yeah, get a nice locker room beer and a little Light the Lamp locker room beer. But hopefully they do it. light the lamp that night, though. That'd yes. be the one kicker. That's the only key, man. When you get these home <laughs> atmospheres, you know, zoo night or beer night, or you got to make sure you got to win. It's a lot of pressure on yes. the guys in that locker room. Yes. None of which can actually drink beer. But, hey, we want to drink beer after the game, right? Make Correct. sure we can light the lamp afterwards. Well, buddy, it's always fun. A, a jam-packed episode. This was great, and thanks as always for talking again in a couple weeks. Yeah, I appreciate it, Andy. Glad we can kick things off with some fun, and uh, thanks to the fans for tuning in. We're going to have some fun this season. All right, that'll do it for Episode 2 of the Winterhawks podcast here in Season 2. Don't forget, coming up this Saturday, October 8th, Oregon Zoo Night. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, Medicine Hat is in town. The zoo folks are going to be out walking around the concourse. You heard Nick there highlighted a specialty uh, kind of stuffed animal giveaway that they're doing only for this game in the team store. So some really cool stuff going on at the VMC this weekend. Oktoberfest coming up uh, next Saturday, October 15th. So some really cool fun promo nights here in the next two weeks for Portland. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see if Portland can keep this good play up. My thanks again to Mike Johnston, the head coach and GM, for hopping on. I always enjoy the conversations with him. Luca Cagnoni, I hope you enjoyed that one. He was, he was really fun. It was my first chance to sit down and have a conversation with him. He was awesome. And, again, we're going to highlight him throughout the course of the season on the podcast. In Episode 3, we will have the next player in that Player Feature Spotlight uh, series. A reminder, if you missed Episode 1, we're going to try and spotlight three players for you throughout the course of the season. So Luca Cagnoni was first, and we'll reveal the next player on uh, Episode 3 of the Hawks podcast. And, of course, thanks again to my good buddy Nick Merrick. Always fun to catch up with him and talk about how Portland is playing. Head out to the VMC this Saturday. For tickets and information, you can go to winterhawks.com. That'll do it. Episode 2, thanks so much for tuning in everybody. I'm Editor Johnson. Until next time, go Hawks. Looked at him and said, yes, you can. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yes, I do. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.